Sukkah, Dafnun Aleph, we last started the fifth parak of Masechet Sukkah, and we're talking about the flute, Simchat Betashoeva, and we said that it does not push Shabbat or Yom Tov. And Rav Yosef said the machloket between Rabbi Yosef Yehuda, who allows the flute on Shabbat and Chachamim, who don't even allow it on Yom Tov, is in regards to a regular korban, if I'm allowed to use the flute or not. And the question is, what's the main way to sing in the Bet HaMikdash? Is it with the flute and that makes it a klesharet and that's an avodah? Or is it with your mouth and therefore the flute is not? But regarding Simchat V'da it's a Simchat, it's not an avodah and therefore it doesn't push the Shabbat. And we ended up pushing away Rav Yosef's reason. Now we want to come back to that question. What's the main way to sing in the Bet HaMikdash over the Korbanot? Is it with your mouth? Is that the important part? Or is it with the musical instruments? And with that, we're starting Nun Amud Bet. The last line, the last three words, Amar of Papa. Now we're on Nun Aleph Amud Aleph. Rav Papa says, it's a machloket ketana'et. It's a machloket tana'im. What's the real way to sing? With a musical instrument or with just with uh, your mouth? Ditanan. That the people holding the musical instruments when the, when the Leviim were singing the Bet HaMikdash were the slaves of the Kohanim according to Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi Omer Mishpachat Bet HaPegarim and Mishpachat Bet Siparaya. There were two families, Pegarim and Siparaya from Ume'amos Hayu, from a place called Me'amos. And they were Hashuv Israelim, Shayu Masi'in Lekuna. And they would marry off their children to Kohanim. And Rabbi Haina ben Atignoso Mer Leviim Hayu. They were actually Leviim who would play the music. And they're understanding that, uh, according to him, Israel would be pasul to play these things. Because my love, Bahakami Faga, isn't the Mahloka as follows. The Madamar Avadim Hayu, according to the one who said they were slaves. Kasavar Ikar Shirabapeh. The real way to sing is with your mouth. And therefore, whatever they did on the instruments is not Avoda, right? It's not, uh, it's just nothing. And the one who says they were Leviim, he holds the real way to sing is using a musical instrument. The Gemara says, Could you really say that was the Machloket in the Mishnah? Then the problem is the middle opinion, what does he hold? If he holds the singing is done with the mouth, then even slaves should be able to use it. And if he held that the real way to sing is with musical instruments, then Leviim in and Israelim law, then the Leviim should be able to do it because it's their avodah, not Israelim. The Israel shouldn't be doing the avodah of anything. Ela de kule alma, you have to say, according to everyone, the real way to sing is with your mouth. And the Mahloket is as follows. That one person held that's what happened. Another rabbi holds that it was done a little bit different. Meaning, the Mahloket is not who's supposed to be doing it. The Mahloket is what happened. The mind of Kamina, what's the question? The Mahloket is in regards to family lineage and Maaser. If you played music in the Bet HaMikdash, does that make you a Levi? Does that make you a Kohen? Is that good enough proof or not? Now, according to the ones who said that Avadim played music in the Bet HaMikdash, then he holds that whoever played music over there on the Dukhan, that it cannot be considered a Kohen. You can't give him a, you can't give him a Maaser either because it means he's not a Levi. 
And whoever says no, they were Israel, Jewish people were Hashuv, Kasavar, Ma'alin, Miduchan, Leuchasin, he holds that whoever was on that Duchan, you can consider them of high lineage, that they are considered Jewish, they're not Avadim, you could still marry them, but you can't give them Ma'asir, they're not Kohanim, Leviim, anything like that. And whoever holds that they were Leviim, Kasavar, Ma'alin, Miduchan, Ben, Leuchasin, Ben, Ma'asir, he holds. That it was such a hashuv job to play music that you could even consider not only them Jewish, you could also consider them real kohanim, leviim, whatever it is. Now, the Gemara goes back to a machloket that we explained before. We said, Rabbi Yossi and Hachamim, if playing the flute can be done on Shabbat or not. And we saw that Rav Yosef saw that their machloket was in regards to the singing of the korbanot. However, simhat beta shoeva flute, that's for sure not allowed according to everyone on Shabbat. Verebir miyabar abba argues on Rav Yosef, and he's verebir miyabar abba amar machloket beshir shal shoeva. The machloket between them is in regards to the song of simhat beta shoeva. The Rebiyosi Bar Yehuda Savar, that Rebiyosi Bar Yehuda held, Simcha Yitera Nami Dochata Shabbat, that extra Simcha also pushes off the Shabbat, and therefore playing the music on Shabbat was okay. Ve'Rabanan Savar, Simcha Yitera, Ena Dochata Shabbat, and Rabanan hold, that an extra Simcha does not push the Shabbat. However, Rabbeshir Shel Korban, Divrei HaKol Avodahi, Ve'Dochata Shabbat, everyone agrees, that the song of the Korban is for sure part of the Avodah, and you have to do it even on Shabbat. Now the Gemara asks on Rav Yosef, The song of Simchat B'Tah Shoeva even pushes the Shabbat, and it doesn't even push Yom Tov. And this argues on Rav Yosef, who said the Machloket was the song of the Korban. It's a Machloket on Rav Yosef. Now, the Gemara says, Lema, let's try a different thing. Lema Beshir Shel Shoeva Odipligel. Let's say the Machloket is in regards to the song of the Shoeva. Aval Beshir Shel Korban, Divrea Kol Dochet Shabbat. Or maybe that song of the Korban, maybe according to everyone, it pushes of the Shabbat. And Lema Tevet Yuftad Rav Yosef. Maybe there's two problems with Rav Yosef. Number one, that the Machloket is about the Shir of Shoeva. And number two, that maybe, according to everyone, the, the shir the shel korban is dochet shabbat. There's no machloket over there. So the Gemara says, no. Amalach of Yosef, of Yosef would tell you that, no, pligeh b'shir shel shoeva. You could even say that they argue on the song of the shoeva. Ve'u'adin the korban. They also argue on the, the one about the korban. So why they arguing about shoeva, Dafka? To show you the power of Rabbi Yosiba Yehuda, that he holds even Shishal Shoeva also pushes the Shabbat. But the Gemara says that you can't explain it that way because it says that the flute of the Shoeva does not push Shabbat or Yom Tov. And it sounds like when it says Zehu de Dafka the halil of the shoeva does not push Shabbat. However, aval the korban doche, it does push the, the, uh, the, the Shabbat. And we could ask, Mani, then who's the Armishnah like? Inema Rabbi Yosi Bar Yehuda. If it's Rabbi Yosi Bar Yehuda, then you have a problem. Ha'amar shir shir shoeva nami doche. He holds that everything is mutar, even shir shir shoeva. Elalav, you have to say that Armishnah is like Rabbanan. And they hold that the halil of the korban is doche the Shabbat, and that's not like Rav Yosef. 
and Utyufta the Rav Yosef Betartet Yufta, and it sounds like it's actually a machloket on Rav Yosef on two fronts, and, and that's a Tiyufta. He stuck with that. Number one, that the machloket is legabe simchat betashoeva, and number two, that there's no argument legabe the korban. Now the Gemara tries to explain to us um, the machloket of the aikar shira is bepe or bakli. What's more important? What's the is it the the instruments or is it the singing out of your voice? What's the reason of the person who says the important part of the singing is the instruments? Go bring the korbanot on the mizbeach. The song started. And the trumpets and all the instruments of David Melch Israel. So you see the importance of the, the musical instruments. What about the person who says the importance is singing by mouth? That the people playing the trumpets and the singers were all singing together. So you see that the singers were more important. So like my asks, but about the uh, the other side, uh, the people who hold shira, it says, and it sounds like over there that the instruments are more important. So he'll tell you, the, the important part is singing with your mouth. And then, and then you could bring in the, in the musical instruments, but that's not the ikar. Why? It's just to add it, uh, sweetness, uh, beauty. Now, ve'idach, and according to the people who hold that that ikar shira is bekli, ve'idach na mihaketi vahike hadam hatzrim v'loshorim. It says that it's more important to, to sing with my mouth, and he'll explain to you hachika amar meshorim dumiyadam hatzrim. The singers should be like the people on the trumpets. Ma'am hatzrim bekli. The same way the people who are on the trumpets were in the musical instruments. Af meshorim bekli. Same thing. The singers were also playing an instrument. But the instruments are hashuv. Okay. The Mishnah starts. Whoever didn't see Simchat Beit HaShoeva in the Beit HaMikdash, I've never saw a Simchat in his life. What would happen? The end of the first day of the holiday. That's it. It started Cholam Oed. They all came down from Aizrat Israel. They went to the Aizrat Nashim. They would make a Tikkun Gadol. And I will explain what this uh, big fixture is. There was a big menorot. And there was four buckets of gold on the top of that menorah. And there was four ladders for each fixture. Four children from the, the, the Kohanim helpers. And they would fill each bucket with 120 log. And from the worn out clothing of the Kohanim and their belts, they would rip and they would make, they would make wicks and they would light with that. And there wasn't a courtyard in Yerushalayim that wasn't lit up from the light of the Simchat Beit HaShoeva. And the idea very simply is, is because Harabait was very tall and the eastern gate where everyone came in was very low. 
so that light would go down towards Yerushalayim. And Hasidim and Hasidim and the big tzaddikim would dance in front of everyone. And they were juggling torches of fire in their hands. And they would tell the crowd. And they would sing towards the Kadosh Baruch Hu. And the Levim would play their violins, their harps, their cymbals, their trumpets, instruments, you can't count. On the 15 steps that went from Izrat and Nashim, which is the entrance to Harabait. There was 15 steps going up and then going into the Azara where they did all the Korbanot and stuff. So the Levim would stand on those 15 steps. And those 15 uh, steps, they correspond to the 15 Shira Ma'alots in Te'ilim. Ma'alot is a step. The Levim stand with their instruments and they sing during Simchat Beit Shoeva. And there's two Kohanim stood on the top gate, which is Sha'ar Nikanor, the entrance to the Azara, and they would be they would be holding two trumpets in their hands. And once the the rooster made noise, they would do it's time to go get the water from the Shiloh for the Nisucha Maim. They got to the 10th step, they blew the shofar again. They got into the azara, they blew the shofar again. And again, they got to the floor over there and they would blow again. They would blow the shofar, the nice big long blow, towards getting towards the end until they would get to the eastern gate of the Azara, that's when they get into Arabayt. Once they get to that eastern gate, then they turn their face from east to west, facing the Beit HaMikdash. And our fathers, during the first Beit HaMikdash, they were turning around, they were their backs were facing the Hechal of Nehem Kedma, and they were facing towards the east, Umshtahavim Kedma Lashemesh, and they were they would bow down east to the sun. But us no We looked towards Hashem, Rebuda Omer, Hayushoni, no, they would say that again. They would say, We belong to Hashem, and to Hashem our eyes look up. And the Gemara continues describing how Beit HaShoeva was in the Beit HaMikdash time. Tanra Banan, Mishe Lora Asim Had Beit HaShoeva, Lora Asim Hami Amav. The rabbis taught us whoever didn't see the Simha of Beit HaShoeva did not see a Simha in his life. Mishe Lora A Yerushalayim Betifata, whoever didn't see Yerushalayim in its glory. Lora A Kerach Nechmad Me'olam never saw a pleasant city in his life. Mishe Lora A Beit HaMikdash Bebinyano, Lora A Binyan Mefuar Me'olam. Whoever didn't see Beit HaMikdash built never saw a glorious building in his life. Mayhi, which Beit HaMikdash are we talking about? There was two. So, Amar Abayev, Itamar of Hasda, Zebinyan Hordus. It's the Beit HaMikdash that Hordus built. Bemai Binyan, how did he build it? Amar Abba, Be'abene, Shaisha, with marble that was green. 
umarma ra and with white streaks over there with green and white marble ikatamran some say bavnesha shakuhla umarma ra with blue and white marble apix safa ve'ayel safa one row would go in one row would go out kehechidot kabel sida this way the plaster would hold it down he wanted to plate the entire area, the entire Bet HaMikdash with gold. Leave it as is. This is better. It looks like waves of the ocean, which reminds us of the sky and the sky. Now, Tanya, Rabbi Uda Omer, Whoever didn't see the Bet Kenes, the shul, the glory shul of Alexandria of Egypt, never saw the honor of Israel. It was like a tall city. And there was a fence within the fence. Sometimes there were 600,000 like the people coming out of Egypt. Some say double of what came out of Mitzrayim. There was 71 chairs of gold. 71 rabbis in the Sanhedrin. Each chair was not less than to, uh, 210,000 pieces of gold. And there was a bima of wood in the middle. And the chazan, the shamash of the Bet Knesset, was standing with uh, with uh, flags in his hands. Whenever he got what the chazan had to say, everyone had to answer, Amen. Hala menif besudar. The shamash would wave the flag. Everyone would answer, Amen. And right away, Tosfot asks, How could they say Amen that they didn't hear? And he said, That's only when you're trying to be at the Chova, then you're not allowed to answer Amen you didn't actually hear. But if uh, if they're just answering Amen, that wouldn't be an Amen Yatoma. It's not such a big deal in this type of case. Ela they wouldn't sit everyone together. Everyone had their group. Ela zahavin bifne atzman, the gold the gold workers by themselves. Vechasafin bifne atzman, and the people with the silver smiths they by themselves. Venapachin the regular smiths bifne atzman by themselves. Vetarsim bifne atzman, and the people who work with copper by themselves. Vegardim and the weavers bifne atzman. Everyone would be by themselves. Oshani nechnas sham. And when a poor person would walk into shul, he would see where uh, the people who do his job also were uh, sitting, and he would go sit them with them. And from there would be his panasa and for his family, meaning he'd walk into shul, people would see him, uh, he'd sit down with the goldsmith, so, oh, you know how to work with gold, we'll get you a job. And Amar Abayev, Vichulehu, Katlinu, Alexanderos, Mokdon, Alexander Mokdon killed all of them. Maita Amay and Shu, so why were they punished? Mishum de Avre, Aikirab, because they went against this specific Pasuk. Loto Sifun, Ashuv, Baderech, Azeod. It says not to go back to Egypt, and they went back to Egypt. Veinu Adur Atu, and they came back to Egypt, so they got punished. When Alexander Macedon came to Egypt, they were reading the, the Sefer Torah and they got the Pasuk, 
Hashem is going to bring a nation from far. And Amar, and Alexander said about himself, I, My boat should have gotten here in 10 days, but with a wind, a wind blew me over and I got here within 5 days. Meaning, it wanted me to come and hear this pasuk that a nation should come and kill them. He came and he killed them. She tells us a very interesting story how after the first Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, Nebuchadnezzar brought people to Babel. People didn't listen to whoever was in charge over there. And they ended up in Egypt, even though Yirmiyah told them, don't go to Egypt. And Nebuchadnezzar killed, uh, he took over Egypt, killed even Jews over there. But the next generation that stayed there, they became big and big and big. And uh, that's the that's the Alexander Rashel Mitzrayim that we were talking about. And there's an interesting Yerushalmi that says it wasn't Alexander Mokdon, it was Troginus Harasha. And they bring a whole story. He thought that uh, the the Jewish people were were trying to rebel against him. He had a child born on Tisha Be'av and they fasted. And then he had a daughter die on Hanukkah and lit candles. So he got upset and uh, he killed them. And then there's a famous Aruch Laner who says that uh, Troginus and Alexander Mokdon are the same person. A very interesting sugyat to get into. Now, let's go back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah was talking about what was the order, what was the process, how the party started. And it said, at the end of the first Yom Tov, the first day of Sukkot, next day, next night, um, the Kohanim would come out and they would make a Tikkun Gadol. So the Gemara asks my Tikkun Gadol. What's this Tikkun Gadol? Amar Bil Azar, Like we learned in Masechet Midot, there was an area that was open and they ended up putting like some sort of a wall or partition around it. And they said men at the bottom and women at the top. And that was the Tikkun Gadol, so this way they don't have mixed dancing. And if you get into the whole mechitza sugya or the non-mixed dancing sugya, everything really starts from this piece over here. Now, Tanura Banan, Nashim In the beginning, women were inside Ajat Nashim and men were outside Harabait, Vayuba in the Dekalutrosh, and there was a lot of joking around that happened. And they ended up saying that women stay outside of the Harabait and men inside. And still there was joking around and things going on. So they set it up that women on top and men at the bottom. So the Gemara asks, avid How'd they start messing around with the Azara? It says, David made the entire Beta Mikdash the way Hashem told him to do. He didn't change anything. So where do Hachamim come in and start changing things? So Amarav, Kerash, Kahudrush. They found the Pasuk and they were Doresh in order to make that Mechitza. And this is a Pasuk in Zechariah. That in the future, everyone's going to cry over Mashiach ben Yosef, who's going to be get killed in the Milhama of Gogu Magog. And it says that the family of Bet David will cry by themselves. At first, the men by themselves, women by themselves. And the Pasuk says, Men by themselves, women by themselves. There's a kalvachomer. When they're eulogizing in the future, there's no yetzara during a eulogy. 
And still, Amara Torah, Anashim Levad, Venashim Levad, men separate, women separate. Achshav Shasukim Besimha. Now that they're, they're dealing with a Simha, Vietzara Sholed Baiman, Vietzara going around, Allahat Kama Vekama, all the more so that we should make a Mechitza. We'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam. Amen. Ve Amen.